0: Oh, lots and lots of spoilers. Are you ready to show your true colors? Will we see them shining through? This is the street, hombre, and you'd better be ready to defend it for all you're worth, which, if I gotta be speaking the true, don't look like much. Might have to cut you, man. Cut ya. Cut to Max Mike Movies. This week, as part of our ongoing series on Hollywood whitewashing called, well, whitewashing, we're stepping back a few years to a well-known, uh, to a, to, it's a movie called Walk <laughs> Proud. Mm. Here we see Robbie Benson. That's a Hispanic name, isn't it? Benson, Benson, French, is it? <laughs> um, Here we see Robbie Benson, uh, uh, who's most likely best known as the voice of The Beast from the Disney cartoon Beauty and the Beast, get himself shoe-polished up to play a Chicano gang member from L.A. Don't worry, I'm sure it'll all work out fine. For someone. Somewhere. In the meantime, I gotta introduce us because it's a thing we do, and for which we are handsomely paid, in turf! (coughs) My brother in blood, there on my right is Mighty Dog Max Levine. Represent! Yeah, and I am the scrappy do-gooder Mongrel Mike Luce. Can, I, uh, can that be my new gang name, Mongrel? I think I'd like that. It's okay, sure. Easier. Call me Mongrel. Everyone out there, call me Mongrel. Uh, before we get to rumbling... We already rumbling, do. <laughs> yes, write us in and call me Mongrel. Max Mongrel <laughs> Movies. Uh, before we get to rumbling <laughs> with this week's film, we'd like to go over the poll question from last week, because we had one. We asked, is there any movie that has ever made you laugh so hard that your face hurt? If so, which one? We got a couple of good answers here, and because this was a triple secret probation week, each respondent wins quadruple Bumpy Bucks. Bumpy Bucks, Mm. the only fake currency preferred by horses. (laughs) It's true. First up, Val, who offers, The movie that made me laugh so hard it hurt the first time and still makes me laugh, Airplane. Yes, there are inappropriate parts in it that don't wash now, but nobody will ever replace Johnny. And one, and I know Mike agrees with me on this one, what's up, Doc? I can't really concur in the last one, Val. Sorry, it's a favorite movie, but does it make my face hurt funny? No, not quite. Um, as a last-minute addition, Val adds, quote, I forgot one, soap dish. I still ROFL every time hmm. I watch it, end quote, because you don't say... The words you say, R O F L or roful right. Let's say roful Remember, I'm mongrel and it's roful Okay,
1: <laughs> Roful and mongrel. They're cops.
0: <laughs> you can be roful if you want. <laughs> roful Roful Roful
1: <laughs> Hamburger. Right. Sounds like a, it does sound like a sound effect from a cartoon. Yeah.
0: Vince from way, way, way up north responded with, quote, I have laughed at a ton of movies, but never so hard it hurt. At a play, a friend of mine had to bury his face in my coat because he was laughing so hard he thought he might pee, though, end quote. <laughs> well, peeing is close, but no cigar. Nope. Let's all pee together. And finally, Dave offers us, I don't know why we have to say it that way, but it is in fact a law.
1: He's a lawyer. It's the law. He'll sue us.
0: He will. Uh, He says, quote, I fell out of my chair during the airplane safety video in the middle of Highlander 2, but my face (laughs) remained free of pain. All of the pain was in my brain and my heart from that movie. End quote. Dave, I feel you. I reach. Uh, thanks for all the great answers. You won't believe what those bucks will get you in the new Bumpy Hut catalog coming soon to a fictional printer near you. But, Max... I
1: I, I actually have another one. Uh, oh, you had another one?
0: Where, where did I miss it?
1: It came in in the email, and it just came in, like, this morning. Ah.
0: So, give yeah. us that last-minute quadruple yes. Bumpy Bucks winner answer.
1: This is this is from Lauren. That's Dr. Lauren. Ooh. Our medical correspondent. Ah. And uh, she says... Uh, I saw the meaning of life in, in the town of Bryn Mawr. I don't remember the name of the theater. I remember walking back to campus with my hands on my face. Uh, it hurt even to smile, but I couldn't stop giggling.
0: Oh, good choice. <laughs> uh, Max, will you have one after-dinner mint? They're waffer-thin. <laughs> I uh, couldn't eat another boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but, Max, what was your, because you said last week you, uh, you primed this question yep. with the, the idea that you had a face-hurt movie.
1: Yeah, it's the only one that's ever really caused me pain, and that was Richard Pryor Live in Concert, his first concert film, okay. which I would see at a midnight show at the uh, accidentally burned-down Orson Welles Cinema.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Next to Uncle Bunny's, if I remember, yeah, across the street. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, that one... It never happened. I walked out of there at I guess one thirty in the morning and I couldn't understand why I was in such pain. my f- I was holding onto my face it, i my cheeks were just killing me and it happened the second time I saw the movie and I think it happened the third.
0: I forget is that the one before or after his unfortunate it, Oreo cookie skim milk accident
1: uh it's the one it's his first it was the one before ah there were actually two before the third one. I think is uh, Richard Pryor here and now. That was the one afterwards where he actually does the bit of lighting a match and go, "Hey, what's this?" and he shakes it across his face. He goes, "Richard Pryor running down the street." Got it. Got him points for making jokes about that. But yeah. you know, the first one, he's making jokes about having a heart attack, and it's a, it is it's hard to watch because you know he uses the n word like it's a comma. Yeah. But it is oh my lord that is funny as hell. It's also painful, but I actually saw. What about it, you, do you have a face hurting movie?
0: I do, but I actually remember seeing that strangely at the Science Center at Harvard. They were showing the Richard Pryor That's movie. A, really, I know weird that place. Not for where
1: it, I would think. Yeah, from. and
0: it's funny. Richard Pryor's <laughs> concert films. Richard Pryor was ridiculously funny, um, and you will find a lot of comedians that will say, "Yeah, Richard Pryor was the one. He's the one who got me into comedy, or he's the one that I was like, I want to do that." Um, Eddie Murphy, I'm sure, is one of those people who's like Richard Mm -hmm. Brow. He's like next to my God. So uh, for me, now, to be fair, there's probably been movies that have done it. And it's just, you know, you forget. The most recent one I remember um, was a film I did not want to see. And my buddy, the Wheeze, shout out Wheeze, represent Weasels, Mm -hmm. I guess. Louise wanted me to go see he said, like, dude you have to go see this film it's really really funny and I was like okay so he took us to go see The Hangover the first one oh. and the first Hangover film it's awkward it's crude and it's really really funny uh, where's is- my tiger <laughs> Yeah, not least of which for that. It's like, wait, what is Mike Tyson doing in this? Um, which is actually the perfect thing you should say. Um, yep. And I remember being laughing, really, probably gasping for air, kind of funny. Not, I don't think it was nearly as bad as your reaction, but um, that's what I would say. So uh, thanks, everyone. Again, quadruple bumpy bucks. And look for the special treasure chest page in the catalog when it gets printed. Never.
1: But next week. Bumpy bumpy Hut catalog, Chicago 60609.
0: (laughs) Some parts, yes. Um, (laughs) So next week's uh, wonderful question, which, to be fair, by the time this episode comes out, some of you may have already answered. That's weird. Um, Well, because we post the show on Monday and I tend to post the question on Sunday. True. If I remember. Uh, So this week's question is, when you go to the actual theater, snacks or no snacks, booze or no booze, Bathroom in the middle or not? Let us know, oh. and we'll let you know how at the end that's of the like show. It's like three
1: questions.
0: Yeah, it's all right; they're all oh. related.
1: Snacks or no snacks? Boots booze or no booze? booze s- bathroom break in the middle or not?
0: Yep. Because uh, I figure some people. I usually won't.
1: just use the popcorn
0: cup. <laughs> well, that's what it's for. When you're mm. done, I yeah. hope golden. Sh- no, we won't go yeah, there anyway. Uh, bumpy bucks, yada yada yada. But now onto mm. that movie you've never heard of. The show. Trivia. Could not find a budget, but the take, worldwide... Yeah, worldwide. This this made it out of the West Coast somehow. Uh, was a mere 1.6 million simoleons worldwide, oh folks. Worldwide, In a climate with films like Star Wars, Jaws, Aliens, and the like, I'm guessing this wasn't much of a success. The movie's theme song, which appears over the end credits... Adios. Yesterday mm. was in fact sung by Robbie Benson himself. He also <laughs> scored the film partially. Yeah. Did you, you see
1: who else had a song in there?
0: Uh, yeah, and then when I first heard it, because I didn't know that particular song, it's like, oh, sure. Now he's singing like Elton John. Oh, it is Elton John. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, oddly, this was one of four gang-related movies <laughs> released in 1979. On all, all by uh. itself. The other three were the notorious Warriors, Max. Warriors about to play. Yay! Very well done. Boulevard Knights and the Wanderers. Boulevard Knights, I never heard of. I'd mean either. I'd never heard of the Wanderers, but I've seen the Warriors. The Warriors was banned in Boston because apparently <laughs> we're still a bunch of pilgrims. If you've ever seen the <laughs> Wanderers, I don't think there's actually a drop of real blood shown in the film. I mean, uh, the
1: Warriors, not the one. In the Warriors,
0: yeah, yeah. Um there, there's there's violence, oh, yeah. but it's really more like. It, well, what car- are they? The gangs of Project Runway, or <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's mostly you know everybody in there has like Vidal Sassoon hair yeah. and designer vests
0: or a vest and no shirt, gay. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Baseball Furies is one that killed me because it's a gang where they're all wearing full baseball uniforms and they have face paint like Kiss. It's like who, not quite,
1: It's like I
0: thought it was more like um, uh,
1: Star Trek, you know. The, oh,
0: Beale, yeah, played by um, Frank Gorshin. Frank yeah, Gorshin, yeah. yes, the what? half
1: black, half white, and they're all wearing Yankee uniforms because yeah. it's New York. In yeah. case you'd forgotten,
0: but I don't even remember the names of the other ones. But it's like whatever, and yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, New that's that's not related to this film because yeah, Benson an up-and-comer in the 70s, might have made a bigger name for himself as a movie star if only that pesky Mark Hamill hadn't beaten him out for the role of Luke Skywalker.
1: Wow, that would have been a different movie.
0: Yes. Robbie Benson did play a Jew in 1981's The Chosen. Thing is, Benson's background is actually Jewish, as both parents are. That doesn't really help him when portraying somebody supposedly Chicano, but yeah or
1: native american
0: well yeah there's that too admittedly benson's character emilio doesn't know his father is actually a white man spoiler though if benson had only removed his brown contact lenses (laughs) and the makeup and the hair grease he might have found a clue probably not this film was nominated for a Golden Turkey Award for the most ludicrous racial impersonation in Hollywood <laughs> history. The other nominees included Elvis Presley as a Native American in Stay Away Joe, a film that's oh almost boy. made it to this particular series, and quote, actors and quote Charles Mack and George Moran, who are in traditional full blackface in a film called Hypnotized.
1: Oh which, boy. Thankfully
0: it was from 1933. But The winner was Marlon Brando, who won for his portrayal as a Japanese man in Tea House of the August Moon. Yes, Marlon, I'm not Japanese Brando, (sighs) but... but. Yeah. Ouch. And lastly, Bumpy the Wonder Pony does not appear in this film. (laughs) Shocking. As you might have guessed, there's not a lot of trivia for this movie. I had to go to three locations to find even this.
1: (laughs) Uh, I would like to point out that, apart from Robbie Benson as the obvious exception... There are a great many Chicano and Latino actors yes, in there this are. movie.
0: Yes. In fact, we've I'm seen a couple of them. In Two of them in particular were in other movies that we both like.
1: Oh, yes. I assume you're talking about Trinidad Silva.
0: Who played who Dagger.
1: Dagger. Who yes, is in- <laughs> who we, of course, know uh, for teaching us that <laughs> the turtle is na- nature's suction cup.
0: Tomorrow I'm teaching poodles how to fly.
1: <laughs> From Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. UHF. The other, did you catch I- the other one? Well, I've seen Henry Darrow in a bunch of stuff. So the guy who played
0: Cesar... Yeah, he plays He plays Reno in uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. Oh, cool. Yeah, and all of the actors who played, you know, actual Hispanic people have nice long careers. They all did lots of things. Uh, Interestingly, it's the white people in this film that not as famous. Uh, The woman who played Sarah, whose real name is Sarah... Uh, that must—it's like I guess it's Tony Danza syndrome. Oops, uh, she was in four films, and that was it. And
1: Yep. That's... she was, however, probably the best known. She was in Animal House, playing a thirteen-year-old girl who sleeps with Pinto.
0: She was also in Caddyshack. She played.
1: Oh, that's right, Maggie.
0: You remember Maggie? Maggie. Yes,
1: uh, actually, I do. Oh. And with with a strangely put-on Irish accent. Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, it's. I do want to mention about Trinidad Silva. It's very sad. He died at the age of uh, 39. Yeah. Uh, right during the filming of UHF in a car accident. Oh, that's. He was hit by. A, he was hit by a drunk driver.
0: Yeah. And you know, i I'm, Most of these people played roles on TV because um, there was a lot of, and yeah. we're going to get to that. Um, mm. But it was nice that at least there. There was some representation, and we're going to get to that too.
1: Such as it was, yeah. But uh,
0: if you have no other bits of trivia, we can get to the plot. Yep. Emilio, Robbie Benson, is supposed to be a young man about to graduate high school in Venice, California. He's 17, on the cusp of manhood, and is a member of a violent Chicano gang, the Aztecas, or Los Aztecas. One day, after a particularly lovely bit of violence, he meets a young woman, Sarah, played forgettably by Sarah Holcomb, who's having a little car trouble. There's Instant chemistry, please note the quotes, between them, (laughs) sort of, and Emilio- We know this
1: because it's in the script.
0: (laughs) I think she says so. We have chemistry. Uh, And Emilio is soon sniffing about for Sarah's affections. But there's a problem. His gang life doesn't fit in with her clean, white, pressed Presbyterian lifestyle. As things escalate between gangs and Sarah catches Emilio in lies about his activities, Emilio suddenly finds out that the long-lost father he thought was a Mexican businessman is in fact a white man who drinks and runs a taxi company in Mexico. Torn apart by a mixed heritage he didn't know he had, Emilio feels like a fake with nowhere to turn. When one of his gang brothers is roughed up by a rival gang, Melio finally makes a decision to step away from the violence. As his unwillingness to participate requires him to step down, he submits to being tossed out of the gang via ritual thugsmanship and his upbeating, which I think is the proper way of saying that. Upbeating.
1: up-beating. What, do do? what are you doing? What you, Frank Herbert?
0: Well, I don't want to end the sentence with a preposition. So his upbeating. But Sarah is there to take him into her arms, bad makeup and all, promising that his poor, mixed-up bruiser from the barrio does, in fact, have a chance. The end low down. And now the notes about Walk Proud. Walk Proud. Did I mention the name of the, of the film earlier? <laughs> I'm not sure I did. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. So,
1: and boy, well, is this a 1979 movie.
0: Well, so here's the thing. Director Arbert L. Collins, not to be confused with Robert Collins, who is actually the same guy. He just added that. Never mind. Um, every <laughs> other credit except for this was a TV movie or a TV episode. And... I don't know if you noticed I'm sure you did when it first started it's like what's with the 4x3 format
1: Yeah I did notice that
0: <laughs> Does it made for, made for TV love you or I don't really I, think
1: think <laughs> I think it does I think it made for TV loves us Yeah that was serious. yeah I was sitting there going what did I get the wrong format all of a sudden it's all stretched
0: Yeah um, I I can't say that I believe it would ever have made it to TV because quite honestly for 70s TV it is too violent. We see people Mm. getting stabbed, um, we see people getting shot uh, and roughed up and they're forced to wear bad makeup. I mean uh, they're bruised and battered. Uh, I
1: I do want to point out, I do want to bring up one thing. Back in the early, in the mid to late 70s, probably around 76, 77, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch. Gilda Radner was cast as a young Hispanic man. <laughs> and, hey, she did it. She could do it. Gilda Radner was a goddamn genius and could play anything. This, The point of the sketch, I'm still not sure Jimmy Carter shows up. What? It, I, yeah, don't ask. Okay. But at one point, and, and, and oddly, this, this sort of mimics a little of this movie. <laughs> it predates it a little in that, you know, uh, Carlos, uh, Gilda Radner, is uh, in love with a, a young Anglo girl, Jane Curtin, right? and uh, has this line it says, you don't understand, I'm a Chicano, and to be a Chicano means to be proud, and to drive up and down the boulevard all day and all night in big cars low to the ground. <laughs> that is this movie. <laughs> I, that is... This movie, that line, that part of the sketch is this entire movie. Dave, you know what I'm talking about. We quote this line all the time.
0: Well, it's funny because that's how the movie starts. And my first note was, wow, traffic was terrible in this at this time in, in L.A. It's, it's, yeah, well, they're, they're cruising. That's what they do. Yeah, they are. Um, I do have to wonder, we- he has this car that he has, quote, uh, modified himself. Um, where does he get the money? Because they don't seem to live in a big house and he doesn't seem to have a job. He just... no. Like the car, it's not like, oh, it's an old piece of junk that he nursed back to health. No, it's this really nice, fully dubbed with hooker, header, glass pack, um, really bully. Things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Really cool painted. Uh, it's got this chain for a steering wheel. It's like, it is a fully customized cruising mobile. And it's like, hot well, na-
1: we know they, they know, we know they rob people.
0: Well, well, no, we know they attempt to rob people. Yeah, they
1: do an incredibly bad job of <laughs> robbing a record store.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And the thing that killed me, too, is that they robbed... It was supposed to be in a Hispanic neighborhood because it was called uh, Disco Latino, I think it was. was mm-hmm. the name of the record store. It's like, why wouldn't you go and rob the nice white people? Because they can afford it. But whatever. Um, we get... Uh, Robbie Benson again, uh, best known for beating the beast. He was also in movies like Ice Castles, Ode to mm-hmm. Billy Joe, which is, I think, where he gets his. Is that where he gets and his cor- Native American uh, role? I can't remember.
1: Not sure. Uh, I, I, I think know. he jumps. And off of course, the, he was the, also in City Limits.
0: Ah, which
1: we know from Mystery Science oh, Theater oh, that,
0: fame. Oh, that's right. Uh, the yes, Chosen, which the was his his uh, Hittic Jew. So he has a Jewish background. He's. Don't think he's Hasidic.
1: <laughs> he is. N- he is not. And I remember being—it's a little thrown to see a Hasidic Jew with bright blue eyes, although they exist.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, before doing a uh, little research, neither of us thought he was uh, Jewish. I didn't but,
1: think he was Jewish, but pa- apparently he is.
0: Yeah, apparently his uh, the family name was Segal or Siegel, probably Siegel. S e g a l. But he's more probably, he's done tons and tons of voiceover work. That's where he's, he's, and TV. Apparently he's a very good acting professor. He teaches uh, acting in North, uh, I think it's North Carolina. Um, I'm
1: guessing he doesn't use this film in his syllabus much.
0: I hope not. Because um, I got to say, uh, two things I noticed right away. One, he is badly dubbed. Like they had to loop most of his dialogue. Not all of it, yeah. but most of it. Um and it's his voice. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. Because he does this accent, you know. And oh, <laughs> Lord.
1: He sounds like Speedy Gonzalez. I'm sorry. Kind of. And everything about him is, a, the way he walks. Oh, that swagger. The, shoulder, the, the <laughs> swagger, the bouncing up and down, which you notice
0: none of the other characters do. No, the ones who are actually Latino and, Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I, yeah. I, I, should be careful because I know Latino does mean a specific background uh, and I'm not sure no, they refer
1: words. to themselves and this is Chicano, which right. is specifically Mexican, right. Of Mexican origin, Mexican American. Yeah.
0: But yeah, he has this weird strut, which there's like, he, it's like, he, it's a note. You can tell it's an actor's note. Do not forget to strut. There's no reason for it. Cause the character himself doesn't generally come off as being that confident. Yeah. Um,
1: so, and unfortunately, the way he struts, it reminds me of Steve Martin and Dan Aykroyd doing two wild and crazy <laughs> guys.
0: Sure, why not? Yeah, um, he's very soft-spoken for most of the film. Like, yeah. he's doing these voices very like this, and he's he tries to do this this rhythm thing, and it's just like nobody else in the none of the other actual la, la, uh, Chicano actors are doing this. They occasionally will will throw some Spanish in it, you know, which makes sense. I'm sure that's part of the culture, but it's like you have all of these potential acting coaches surrounding you and you're paying attention to none of them.
1: Yeah. It's, it's kind of Alec Guinness and the Japanese language coach all over again.
0: Well, except in this case, it's the entire film. I mean, he's, if anything, he's taking acting lessons from Sarah, Um, (laughs) which is also not the best idea. Um,
1: No, it's a, it, it is an unfortunate thing. The two of them really don't have much chemistry. I mean, I guess there's a little... But you also wonder, why does she like him? He's kind of a jerk.
0: Well, and he lies I to mean, her.
1: Yeah, he does. He, he even lies. He swears on the Virgin Mary that he's not in a gang to his mother. Yeah. Which, that never comes back up, by the way. No. That, no. It's like, oh, okay, I believe you. Uh, and mom just sort of fades into the background.
0: Yeah. Well, she shows up for the big ceremony thing and uh, the final. Yeah, she shows up but, for
1: the quinceanera, and she shows up for the the big reveal that hi, your hi, look at this, your father is a white guy. Yeah. Which, Which again, that that's clearly supposed to be a major dramatic beat, and it just kind of isn't.
0: Yeah, I my note was the meeting with Amelia's father goes nowhere. Like they're yeah. sitting there, and it's like he's not. It's so weird because Benson is playing Emilio as being uncomfortable and want, not wanting, knowing what to say. The father's just being a jerk. It's like basically, yeah, I, get, I banged your mom back then and I didn't want to stay around because being a father's stupid. And you would think that, you know, Emilio might lash out or be angry showing his violent nature, the gang thing that, okay. And mm-hmm. he basically just sort of like, well, I'm upset and he leaves. And that was it. I mean, there was just... it, And we never see him again, which is fine. We don't need to. But then... And I... Maybe this is believable. Maybe it isn't. But basically, the character of Emilio latches on to the fact that he suddenly doesn't know who he is. And it's like, well... That doesn't have to change if you don't want it to. You have two heritages behind you. You can easily say, I identify with this one, and no one will care. No one's cared up till now. The only thing they care about later is that you won't come to the yeah, big fight. Except that, uh, I think that
1: could have been a major thing. Because when you suddenly find out that your image of yourself, especially you know, if you're 17 years old, you're a teenager, you're still trying to figure out who you are and part of your roots the thing that you've defined yourself as it turns out to be a lie i could see that being very upsetting it just doesn't come off that way
0: well at it's least like, he doesn't is
1: one scene where he's like
0: i'm so upset <laughs> and i'm done well at least he doesn't find out he's a princess i mean that <laughs> no I, I i'm i swear when he's tra- when he's talking
1: to sarah at the yacht club or whatever it is yeah you know like wow not too subtle yeah and he said, oh, I don't know who I am anymore. And I keep, I was, I was waiting for, you're me me apart, Lisa.
0: <laughs> it no all comes back to, to the r- room. I am
1: not comparing Robbie Benson in any way to Tommy Wiseau in terms of acting ability. And but yet, in terms of the way this is written.
0: <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll gr- grant you that point. Let's, if it ha- it could have been something that could have been an issue, it just wasn't. It was badly handled, but then again, what in this film wasn't badly handled? Yeah. First, we get Robbie Benson, and it's not shoe polish, but it's bronzer, and it's not consistent. And
1: yeah, he he is dark complexioned in general, but he ain't he's not that dark complexion. Um, not he, the way he is he, in the movie.
0: He isn't. <laughs> he's not. Uh, there's no. current pictures. He's. I mean, he's not quite as pink as I am, but he's pink. Pink. Um, <laughs> He had stuff put in his hair because his hair was a lighter brown, and that's not consistent. There's some scenes where it's quite honestly, it's Bobby Brady all over again. If you ever watched the first season of Bobby of uh, the Brady Bunch, they had to slick down <laughs> poor uh, Mike Lookinland's hair because he was nearly blonde and he wouldn't have fit in with the rest of uh-huh. the boys. And then after that, they're like, It looks terrible, it looks like his hair is always dirty. Um, <laughs> so they stopped doing it, but it's the same thing here. But then the they sun- all
1: got perms,
0: <laughs> well, they're well. That's what Brady men do. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the Brady Bunch has a. It took place in the 70s. There, there's a connection. Um, yeah. But there's times when his hair is darker and greasier, and there's t- times where it's not. Um, there's times... I have to actually say, I honestly think that they started this film when they were filming the rehearsals. Because his performance is never good, but it actually gets better, which is weird. (laughs) Because I don't think I've ever seen a film where an actor starts off terrible and actually makes it nearly to adequate in the same film. Because at the end, there is a scene where he's trying to get the the rest of the gang. Uh, What has happened is at a ceremony where a local uh, girl has turned 15 and apparently there's a big celebration for that.
1: It's called a quinceañera, yeah.
0: Uh, The rival gang shows up seizes their opportunity and attacks Dagger um, on his own, which, there you go. And this is, of course, a bad thing. So after they uh, they put a stop to that, they call for all uh, Los Aztecas to show up, and we're going to go get those guys. We're going to get El Tigre. And, of course, I kept thinking of the cartoon. It's like, oh, El Tigre! <laughs> um, which, if you've not seen C. See El Tigre, it's a great cartoon. And he's like, has his passion speech because he's finally decided I'm going to walk away. I am going to no longer be part of this whole thing. And it's actually not badly delivered. It's not greatly delivered. It's probably the
1: St. Crispin's day speech, but uh...
0: (laughs) it's not uh, coffee is for closers. No. Um, But when you look at the beginning of the film and the end of the film, it's sort of like the beginning of his acting course and the end of his acting course. He actually does get better. It's just not good.
1: Yeah, when you consider that movies aren't shot chronologically, I wonder if, like, they shot the ending stuff first and he just got tired out.
0: (laughs) Well, it's tough being 17, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, The rest of the actors are fine. Like, nobody's bad. They're not outstandingly good either. There's one guy that I swear, we don't have Samuel L. Jackson yet, but we might as well. It's a guy playing Sergeant Sergeant. Gannon, which is weird because that's the name of the character that Harry Morgan played in Dragnet, but whatever. Um, (laughs) And he's, you know, I... he plays uh, a black cop who's basically he knows what's going on, and he's like he can't pin anything on these kids, and he's basically trying to give them a speech that says, "Look, in less than six months, most of y'all are going to be eighteen, and then everything that you're getting away with now is going to be a felony or worse, and you're actually." Going- and yeah, it's a good cop. Yeah, <laughs> Jackson's a good cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, all the other actors th- except for Sarah are fine. Yeah.
1: And you know Henry Darrow as uh, Mike Serrano, who's. It's hard. I'm not sure. I don't think he's a cop. He's G- the other uh, the old, guy. I think
0: hmm? Gitano, <laughs> Serrano, Lazola, Serrano.
1: S- S- <laughs> Sorry, it's a
0: Mitchell thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep
1: <laughs> Serrano's got the discs, up. <laughs> but uh, Serrano, I, who I think is maybe a social worker or a, a youth a, outreach. A, I'm not sure he's what both. he
0: is. He seems to be like but the, the youth cop.
1: Yeah, he's basically he's a youth counselor, and he's uh, he's also you know from the streets. Yeah. And he's actually a pretty interesting character and they do nothing with him no. and he's in like what three scenes. Yeah. And it's most and he's the one who makes some pretty good points about like what what happens when you're eighteen? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Right now you get all because uh you, you just go to juvie for a few months, whatever whatever you commit, but in a few months you're gonna be eighteen, then what happens? You know, then you go to prison well, for
0: committing crimes. Even more important, he says, Look, once you turn eighteen they wipe your record clean. You've got a chance to literally walk away.
1: You can start over.
0: Be a new person, which I with the, what the movie's supposed to be about. Mm. Which eventually Emilio does, and we get the impression that maybe Dagger is going to do that too because he helps Emilio at the end of the film when he gets beat up um, in a very weird but understandable and yet still goofy. Um, ejection Mm. from the gang scene.
1: Yeah, it's apparently a ritual where they line up in two lines and you walk down the middle and they beat the living crap out of you and possibly almost kill you.
0: I mean, quite honestly, it's a Klingon ritual.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they should be using pain sticks and reciting love poetry.
0: Gnor! Um, (laughs) And he gets through and he... uh, Ducks out just long enough to have some really bad makeup put on. Um, yeah. But, uh, Boy, he, that
1: was not, that was really, you know, trying to make it look all beaten up and bruised and swollen. And it really looks like, uh, I am not an animal.
0: <laughs> oh, I guess I am. Uh, <laughs> he actually looked like it was peeling in places. It was not. It, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he, and then, you know, uh, Dagger and Sarah help him walk away, help him walk proud or Proudly, I guess, is more correct. And then we see the youngest member, his cousin Manuel, at the very end, look angrily at the gang and take off his gang headband and throw it on the ground. And he, too, is going to walk proudly, I guess. Yeah. So
1: there's hope for the future and stuff. Sure.
0: Yeah, Um, Yeah. But let's get to the point that pretty much this entire film decides to tell us that the only thing you need to know about Chicano culture is that everyone's in a gang.
1: Yep, everyone's in a gang, and everyone's incredibly violent, and they do the worst job I've ever seen of psyching themselves up to go fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a
1: sequence where they're about to go out, you know, they got their guns, and they're like, "Er, yeah, we're gonna get them! Boy! And I am sorry, I think the actors themselves knew how silly the dialogue was, <laughs> yeah. and are just having a lot of trouble trying not to laugh.
0: Yeah. I was trying not to snore, that was my problem but
1: it's it's that's and again we're I know we're sort of skipping ahead to the, the spoiler <laughs> here but that's the thing with this movie it's kind of boring i use the word dull but yeah we've seen this story done better many times hell we've seen it set to music in west side story
0: <laughs> i think we've seen it better done on the animaniacs
1: <laughs> yeah i can't yeah, name the episode I, but i'm sure it's in there Oops. i mean and even as these gang movies go look the warriors it's goofy. It's a lot of fun. It's a comic book movie.
0: Yeah. Although it's it deemed it actually did did cause night fights in New York theaters. Yeah. Somehow
1: <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just like I say he's using conditioner and and leave in. No, he's using mousse, you bastard. Ah! That's feet so soon
0: you're talking about smile when you say I don't know.
1: That's Paul Mitchell. Oh, you did not say that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the hairstyling wars, and the best part is that the uh, the DJ in that film who kept coming on, going, "Listen to me, boppers." She ended up on uh, Carmen Sandiego, but there you go. Talk about weird ass trivia. Um, it's so we don't get any of the actual culture. To be fair, a lot of big cities were having a lot of gang problems in the seventies. That part's fair, but we really never get to see. That isn't all
1: they were having. No, you know? no. There's that's tons of
0: the- important things. There's tons of, I mean, not, I, this is where I always go for culture. It's the, I think it's the best gateway to any culture, the food. Because pretty much I can't think of a single culture doesn't have something. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to try that. What's that? I mean, admittedly, Iceland and their weird um, shark that's been Hey, outlanded. how
1: carl is decent?
0: <laughs> Max is strange. Um, <laughs> oh, no. yeah.
1: How about England? What food in England are you dying to try? The pasty. Okay, you got me.
0: Ah, and actually bangers yeah. and match, toad in the hole. There's actually a lot of British food that's really good. Uh, yeah, but it's so puddings. much fun to make fun of them. It is. Um, but using the food as a as a gateway to get people like... You want to start talking about culture, try some of the food. As we all know, real Mexican food, not Taco Bell, is actually really good and really has a lot of depth and a it's lot of... It's very
1: complex. Yeah. It's very elaborate. But there's also the art. I mean, they only yep. show like one or two examples of the street art or the graffiti. Yeah. And if you go in East LA, some of, some of the wall art and such is unbelievable.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair in the seventies, what we see is pretty, that's pretty much what there was. It hadn't been really Mm. elevated. Really? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not, not yet. Um, I also got a feeling because we get to that scene where we're in the church and we're seeing the ceremony of the 15 year old girl turning. I guess it's sort of like I guess the closest uh, uh, version we would have is like a debutante or a coming. Kind of. It's like a coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually got the feeling that they were trying to vaguely reference The Godfather. Like they were trying to show. Really? Com- oh, I well, didn't because think of that. the religion and the community, this is the only thing we see about the community is all the family coming together for this thing. And, Maybe. I mean, I don't think they did it well if they were trying to reference The Godfather, but there was a parallel, right? Because The Godfather was all about the gang activity in the Italian community in America. This film is. What would happen if a white guy pretended to be Hispanic and was in a gang in L.A.? But
1: you notice one of the other things that's really missing from this movie that's a big part of the culture, the music. Yeah. The music is generic 70s pop. And I mean, okay, yeah, there's Elton John, but most of the rest just oh. sounds like <laughs> stuff from TV soundtracks.
0: Well, Elton John, well-known Hispanic singer. <laughs> Oh, yes. (laughs) I mean, I honestly kept waiting for somebody to come out going, one ton tomato. That's a real deal. You get extra bunkby bucks if anybody can tell me where that's from. Um, (laughs) I'm betting nobody can.
1: I I think I know, but I won't say it because I won't give it away.
0: No. Um, There's literally, like, we see that they go to church. That's it. Like, we see nothing else of the culture of Mexican-Americans in this film. And this, I actually came up with a question for this because I think it is important. Uh, This is what I were talking points. Uh, If this movie should be made, please know, should I put in all caps, Mm. how could it be made so that it was respectful, but not PC? So let's say you want to do this sort of Romeo and Juliet thing. Well,
1: for one thing, cast an actual Mexican American (laughs) as the lead actor.
0: How about that? Yeah, that would, that would be good. Because I think I actually think this is important a lot of the times we come across these films, and we say things like, "Oh, it's not representing this, it's not representing that." And it's like, "Well, does every movie have to represent everything?" And that's where I think you get bogged down because then you're not telling the story you want to tell. Admittedly, the story has been tale as old as, yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I your first point is is spot on. I mean that should have happened anyway. Um we should not have had Robbie Benson playing. Uh, a Hispanic or Chicano gang member, because, I mean, for one thing, there's nothing threatening (laughs) about B. Benson. Besides the fact that there's nothing Chicano, there's nothing threatening. He's just, yeah, he's not menacing.
1: Uh, There's a sequence at one point where we're supposed to get a little bit of the idea of the harassment that uh, Chicano's underwent. You know, these cops stop him for basically walking while Chicano. Yeah. And that's it. There's this one scene That never comes up again, and that also is is kind of badly serving. It's one of the real problems, the whole idea with the gang culture in this movie is it's just, oh, that's what we do because we're violent and this is how we express ourselves, as opposed to the reason a lot of gangs form, and not just in Chicano or Latino communities or black communities or Jewish communities or Italian communities, it's because these places are really badly served by the police. Right. And they, protect, they, need, they band together to protect themselves. And they band together because it gives them community. It gave, it gave them something to belong to, something larger and more powerful. And that isn't addressed at all.
0: No, in fact, they use that ra- that racism point merely as a reason for Emilio to say, we can't be together, so there's a little bit of conflict. It's like it, it, the racism point is all about their relationship, not about mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Because there's very few white people in this film, which is fine, but even when they show up, the most we get is a suspicious father who quite honestly could be suspicious about a white kid. Nothing he says to um Emilio is anything more than him protecting his daughter because it could have been anybody and it's, yeah, it's he, not
1: particularly aimed he, he doesn't seem to object to the fact that he that he's Mexican American. No. And I, I actually they have only like one real interaction, which is a shame because I thought that was kind of interesting. He says, you know, I could make her stop seeing you. She still listens to me. And I liked Emilio's response I don't think that'll work. Well and, and then the he says looks at him goes, Yeah, probably not.
0: <laughs> well he also says, I know Sarah. And I'm like, How?
1: <laughs> yeah, we because, didn't know how do you know her? We we don't know her. Nobody Their entire you know.
0: relationship consists of them going to a place, her saying something, and him being offended by it. Like, oh, you say you should you say that because I am Chicano. And it's like she's literally her first action is actually pretty admirable she's like I don't know anything about Chicano culture I'm going to go to the library and try to read about it now it's a little he, misguided but he, he found that offensive That, yeah. although I can kind of see it because he said like
1: so I'm like an animal or, or some kind of thing that you go and look up but yeah misguided but I wish they had done a little more with that that was kind of interesting because like oh maybe that's like how she approaches the world yeah. if she doesn't understand something she goes to she goes and tries to research it
0: Sure, she's supposed to be smart, um, not only rich but smart, um, which is fine. But again, well, we, not even well, rich compared to him. I mean, her—it's not like her father
1: is she's uh, driving it, a, is a, a Porsche millionaire. to high he's school. A, he's a periodontist. That was a Porsche.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she's really? buying a driving a Porsche to high school.
1: Okay, he must be a really good periodontist. Okay, and he has a
0: yacht. He does <laughs> I, have a boat. I have a mansion and, and a and yacht. And a yacht? Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Her her father's Elmer Fudd. <laughs>
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so I think all of these things, like, I think there should have been, because actually Emilio's expecting there to be a problem with his, with her dad because he's Chicano. So there should have been like, it's not bad enough that, the, I mean, she, I swear the dad looks at him and goes, oh dear gods, you're in a gang, aren't you? Like it, he's, he's doing that thing, that bouncy thing that says, uh, look, uh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm so great. I'm so gr-. And it's like, you're 17, you weigh 10 pounds, whatever. Well, he
1: also notices the uh, gang tattoo on his hand.
0: Oh, this means nothing. It's like, I did this with a pen to myself, but it doesn't mean anything. And, and But again, nothing comes of that. Um, and then when she finds out that he lied to her, that he is in a gang, her initial reaction was very smart. She says, I'm leaving and runs away from him. The dumb mm. thing is, is that she keeps coming back to him because... They get along, uh, so um, apparently they, uh, both like off. cheese. I don't know.
1: Yeah, apparently off-screen they must get along great. I, I don't I know. Guess.
0: Considering this was a PG-rated film, they barely kiss. There is barely mm. anything going on in this film. It's all the violence. A lot
1: of face-touching. He, t- he yeah. brushes his fingers against her face a lot.
0: Yeah. And in fact, when he she brings up the idea, it's like, well, you know, she doesn't come out and say, do you have sex with other girls? But she kind of says that in a... After school special kind of way This film <laughs> actually is like an after school special With violence but that's yeah, not, even, not even particularly convincing violence um, He seems offended That she would think he would do this Which is weird Because yeah, I think
1: for, the, for the horrendous amounts of violence And some of it is pretty I think it's like one person dies
0: Yeah, This well, includes wait.
1: the guy who shot at point blank range I think he lived He, he just got shot in the leg Nobody dies no, no, the guy, the guy robbing the record store. The record store owner shoots him in the chest.
0: But he lived. He went to the hospital, yeah, remember? Yeah, he lived. But the guy that they knew in the beginning of the film, where they're like, shoot him in the face, Cesar says, shoot him in the face. He shoots uh, the kid the guy, guy in the leg. He doesn't die either. Yeah, Nobody does. He
1: doesn't die. Uh, a dagger doesn't die. No.
0: No, in fact, Dagger's feeling better like an hour later when they're going to the rumble, you know, let's get... Yeah. And I, although, and here's the weird thing. After the, the big rumble happens... The next day, we see Emilio speaking to Sarah about what happened, and he talks about all these guys were laid out and stuff. And then the next scene, they're all at his little ceremony. Looks like they're all there. We don't
1: see anybody missing
0: or hurt. Yeah, (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) So whatever. (laughs) I got better. So I think that what yeah. they could have done, and again, this would have been stealing from the, the Godfather, is what do we, when we go to the, the Godfather, the first thing is this amazing Italian wedding where both Max and I are like, I want to go to that. That mm. looks like fun. I bet the food's great. The wine never yep. stops coming. Yeah, let's you do that. Music's good, yeah. Yeah, we find out more about Italian culture. Here we learn nothing. So mm. you could make this film and show how the gangs are um, affecting that neighborhood how it's affecting people who want nothing to do with it and yeah. where he might go could he be a mechanic sure what's what's the deal with that he obviously is very good at it which i find hard to believe because he can't get the porsche to start and, yeah, my feeling and you notice his, his
1: hands are suspiciously clean
0: yeah, well except a bronzer or, or key it, well, yeah. Polish, yeah um but th- th- there's just nothing so you could do this and you actually would feel more for emilio if you felt him being torn torn pot by mm. wanting to be part of the regular community and not being wanting to be with his quote unquote his brothers
1: trying to figure out where he fits in the world
0: well because you're a brother it, it, until you're not because that's <laughs> what yeah. yeah um i honestly think that half the time benson looks like he's forgetting his lines <laughs> um and then when he does remember them they're it's pretty terrible again till the end yeah. that last speech is actually pretty good but it's still adequate it's not that's about it
1: Um, One of the problems is that accent he's trying to do, he ends up mumbling a lot. He ends up swallowing a lot of his words. Yeah. And he's clearly not getting it right, because I don't have trouble understanding anybody else in this movie.
0: No. Um, And in fact, after watching this movie, I think I know less about the Hispanic community than I did before watching it. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of other uh, questions, some of which we've used in previous films, so they're technically your questions. Was this movie sincere...
1: I don't really think this movie about what about
0: <laughs> you know I didn't add that in there yeah. uh, about portraying gang life and stuff.
1: No, it was purely for sensationalism. I think it was just yeah. like oh, hey, everyone else is doing a gang movie, let's do a gang movie. Yeah,
0: apparently that was what '79 was all of. It. It's also the year Alien came out, but whatever. That's it. Okay, Robbie, you think you could have something
1: burst out of your chest <laughs> in the middle of this scene? <laughs> What? Never mind. No, no, we don't have the budget for it anyway. What was he talking about? Don't ask. Just, just, just keep, just, just smile and look mean.
0: Yeah. Uh, was there anything? Oh, I know. Was there anything remotely <laughs> accurate in this film?
1: <laughs> um, there is a city called Los Angeles, and uh, there are places in it called Venice. And um, I've been to Venice. Uh, this one. What was the other one? Oh, uh, so, uh,
0: uh, Santa Monica.
1: Santa Monica, yeah. yeah. I've been there so, too. So, yes, those, those things were accurate, and it is entirely possible because most filming in that point was done in California, that some of it was filmed near there. Yeah,
0: and I'm, yeah. I'm willing to even give them that there probably were and may even still be gangs that have Chicano people in them in mm-hmm. that area. Yeah. After that...
1: <laughs> I think we're done, yeah. That, that, I believe, is the limit of the accuracy.
0: I have a uh, another question that only occurred to me uh, this morning, which I watched the movie last night, and it was a kind of an insidious question. And I so we find out that then Emilio has mixed parentage. He has a white guy Mm -hmm. father and his lovely uh, Mexican mother. And I say that because she actually is from Mexico. He was born here, but she talks about when her mother dies, they go back to Mexico for the funeral. Do you think this film is suggesting that the only reason Emilio tries to make a break from his gang to rise above everything is because Mm -hmm. he's part white?
1: Intentionally? I don't know. But that definitely is some of the subtext. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's the good one because he not all of his blood is impure.
0: (laughs) I mean, for Uh. that to be true, he'd have to be a pod. (laughs) Yeah, well. Because we're all human, folks. Uh, uh, yeah. But I didn't it didn't initially occur to that's, me but it's like you that's know That's interesting.
1: I hadn't I hadn't really thought of that, but yeah, I wonder if there's a little of that there whether they meant it or not. I, I yeah, maybe. Maybe. And of course, he's like say, oh god, that would even make him the part-white savior cuz he's helping Dagger and Manuel. Right. And the idea is, "Ah yes, I'm going to leave behind this life and go join the join the nice white people."
0: Right. Which essentially what he's doing yeah um,
1: oh dear yeah that does make that really that really makes the message unpleasant
0: yeah but i wanted to bring it up he's like yeah let's see what max thinks uh, so i appreciate I, hearing your
1: thoughts nah, i i think i think you got i think you got a point i think that is unfortunately i think that's pretty on target
0: okay um what uh there's a couple of uh metaphors by metaphor, I mean the kind of metaphor in a Tom and Jerry cartoon <laughs> where Jerry takes the big cast iron metaphor and smacks Tom in the face <laughs> with it. Ah, um, that So grind. you might remember there's literally a point in the film where the character of Emilio has closed the gate, the iron gate between yeah. him and... Locking Sarah uh, locking because she's um it's impossible for her to turn the knob. Yeah, because um, she's on
1: the inside.
0: The inside, the white side, the safe side of yeah. the gate, and she's talking to Emilio through the bars. Did you get that metaphor? <laughs>
1: uh, it was no, it was way too subtle for me. I missed that completely. Wow. That was just that was too elegant, you know?
0: Ham? No, yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, yes, and they're reaching through the bars to touch each other. And, ay, 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 ay.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was a definite I made for TV love you moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the whole obviously the whole um, Romeo and Juliet thing is I mean it's sorta of there. I mean it's mm. they don't do the kind whole kind
1: of except uh, there isn't there isn't direct antagonism between his community and Sarah, the one or two times you see them, her interact yeah. with uh, his, his family or his, his gang, they're actually pretty nice to her.
0: Yeah, they kiss her hand. I mean, yeah, they're, they're obviously trying to play things up. But quite honestly, the gangs in Romeo and Juliet are a lot more fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, it, and there's no song of, you know, stay with your own kind. Yeah. Listen to Rita Moreno and stay with your own kind. <laughs>
0: well, they were all Italian, so they Yeah, they yeah were. well, yeah. Or, well, Italian by way of Britain old jolly old chap. Um, so, yeah. Any uh, any other metaphors you'd like to call out that uh, our, our audience might want to know about in case they hopefully miss this film?
1: Mm, not really. Uh, I don't think that this film had anything particularly subtle in it.
0: No. Well, do you want to get to the end then?
1: Yeah, let, let's wrap it up.
0: The Roundup.
1: So, Mike, what'd you think? <laughs>
0: So this is a film that's actually been in my head. Uh, for people who have never heard of this book, and I'm not surprised if you haven't, because I don't think it's been printed many times, the Golden Turkey Awards, at uh, least for me, and probably also slightly for Max, is oh kind yeah. of been a guiding light when it comes to <laughs> movie viewing.
1: <laughs> it, it has been, a, it, I don't know about a guiding light, but it's been a major reference and mm-hmm. resource.
0: Yeah. And it was written by these two brothers, Harry and Michael Medved. Michael Medved, you probably have, maybe have heard of. He went on to take the place of uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert on the PBS version of Sneak Previews when Siskel and Ebert said, hey, we can make money at this and left. Uh, he is a, or at least was a well-known movie critic. Um, he was a lot more fun back then than he was now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he got, got a little politically unpleasant.
0: Yes, he did, among other things. And they just put together these, this book of they you know fake awards the golden turkey were about various things and this film Usually, was one of them and the thing yeah. is is those folks actually had to go to the theater to see them because the book came out in the 70s or early 80s so there was no like maybe you'd see a film on tv once in a while not this one um mm-hmm. but otherwise he actually had to go and I, it was a goal for me to see as many of the films in that book as i could and the sad <laughs> part is i've been pretty successful <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> Some of them on a big screen, like Robot Monster and Plan <laughs> 9, which I've seen, I think, four times in a theater. Um, wow. Which is not something to brag about. Um, but anyway, so this is one of those films that I've been very curious about for a long time, but I'd never seen. And thankfully, it's rentable. Lucky you. Um, mm. It's it, Starting with its weird 4-3 format, and by that I mean the, the, the image is nearly square, just like mm. the old TV screens were. It feels like a TV movie. It's it's cast like a TV movie because most of these actors did mostly TV episodes. It was directed by a guy whose every credit besides this one was a TV movie. Even and the it, it,
1: language is pretty is pretty TV safe.
0: Yeah. I, I swear I expected at one point the camera to pan and we'd just get a hint of raincoat and somebody going, just one more thing. Because um, yeah. it's like that. Um it could have been a gang movie and still have represented the culture, not least of which by casting a non-Anglo in the main mm. role. Uh, I will say this. His contacts were actually pretty good. It looked like he they had of They were very eyes. convincing. Yeah. Yeah. The Kiwi shoe polish, not so much. Um I don't remember the only thing I remember about Robbie Benson in general is that he was in every teen magazine possible and you can see why he's a very good looking young man. Uh, They have his shirt off half the time and he's nicely built for somebody who's obviously still growing up. Um, I'm sure he broke a lot of hearts and then you actually hear him talk and it's like, Oh, at least now he's not a very good actor. Um, I would even go to say, at least for most of this film, He's a bad actor. Um, his, he his, can
1: at times be competent.
0: Yeah, but it takes a while to warm up. And his accent is unnecessary and terrible. So, and it matches his makeup. So it's not a good film. It's not a good representation of Chicano, Latino culture, Hispanic culture. I wish we got to know more. Film like Coco. I'm sure there are things it misses too, but you get a much better idea of how, like how important family is. For example, you get some of the background um, and you could do that and not have to make it a travel log film. And this film doesn't even attempt to, it's just not interested. So as far as, as whitewashing, it whitewashes big, it whitewashes right in your face and it doesn't do the culture any favors. Max, what about you?
1: Yeah, that pretty much, that's pretty much sums it up. And also as a movie, it's uninteresting. Yeah, you don't re- you don't get drawn in. the car The problem is, some of the side characters are interesting. I kind of would like to know more about Dagger. I would have even liked to know more about Cesar or Manuel. See him growing up in this culture. But the main characters are so bland and cliche. Everyone, everything in this movie, everyone is a stereotype. Yeah, and. The sad part is there are good people in this movie, and they're just completely wasted. And the story we've seen done better, uh, the, even as a gang movie, there isn't enough action in it yeah. to be
0: exciting. We if, don't know why they're together. No, because when he's not with the, her, the he's literally the, robbing stores. Like we're yeah, supposed the, to, and rom- lying to his mother, and you know, lying with religion.
1: Yeah, the romance is unconvincing. Uh, it's all surface. It just, it does not work. It's not, I can see why this movie is so obscure and uh, why it's never had much of a resurgence. <laughs> I think this is a one to avoid.
0: Yeah. So good thing that we were here to uh,
1: yeah. bring we it Yeah. We watched to- it, so you don't have to.
0: <laughs> but hey, at least that end song, Adios Yesterday, mm-hmm. Robbie Benson yep. continues to sing it with that stupid accent.
1: <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs>
0: So that's even worse, because if there was hope that the single had some life on the radio or something, it's a white guy singing with a Speedy Gonzalez accent. So whatever. But yeah, well, we'd like to remind people about our poll question, our pod question, our uh, (laughs) podcast poll question, which is when you go to the actual, actual real life theater, snacks or no snacks, booze or no booze bathroom in the middle or not let us know and you can do so at our website which is max mike movies i'm sorry max mongrel <laughs> it's really max mike don't go there uh, yeah we better buy that no, all I have to, now.
1: I, got, I gotta go register that domain name <laughs> hang on
0: so MaxMikeMovies.com, which has all of our back episodes including specials that are not inside a series Woo! uh you can email us with our email address which is us at max movies.com if you like social media, we are on Facebook and Twitter under, you guessed it, Max Mike Movies. And last but not least, if you have a podcast app that you really, really, really like and want to marry it, we're probably on there as Max Mike Movies. Remember though, I'm mongrel. So answer our uh, our poll question and get bumpy bucks. Don't taste like shrimp. It's true. So Max, okay. yeah, we're not done with this series yet. We still got one no. from you to go.
1: We got a couple more. And next week we're going back to uh, the the delight the delightful way Asian characters have been treated. Oh, so well in yep in uh, a movie that is actually uh, it's not known so much for that, but it's known because it's a Ray Harryhausen special effects movie.
0: Oh, yes. wait, wait, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Oh, actually, we Close. could do that. <laughs> there is a seven
1: in it, but seven. it's the seven, the, de- baby- de-
0: the, the the severed head with Kevin Spacey and yeah, what's in the box? <laughs>
1: So, no, it's the Seven Faces of Dr. Lao, where we have a Chinese character, Dr. Lao played by noted Chinese actor, Tony Randall.
0: Randall, that's, um, Randall, that's yeah, Asian. Yeah, from the yeah.
1: Qingdao province, I believe, <laughs> by way of the odd couple, yes, that Tony Randall.
0: <laughs> Great, seven, so are you telling us he does this seven times? He do- Well,
1: he does seven things, but yes. Great. You'll see.
0: So if you're hoping for a no-ticky, no shirty, next week might be your film.
1: And uh, we'll be there in all seven of our faces.
0: With eight, you get egg roll.
1: (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max, and The Movie Wrench.